Welcome to selfdiscoveryradio.com where the orchard of wisdom is just ready for picking. We celebrate your why, the journey that you've taken that inspires someone else. We support your services. We support your story. Come and be our guest. Become a host. Be an author with us. Come see what we've got. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Eco Solutions. And I am delighted to have this wonderful woman back here with me, Polly Higgins from England, and you're going to know why. I'm your host, Sarah Troy. First and foremost, please, would you go back and listen to her original show that she did with me now three years ago, and you'll understand what drives her, what is leading her down this wonderful path of ecocide. And what is ecocide? Well, ecocide is um, a loss of damage to um, or destruction of the ecosystem of a given territory, such that of a peaceful enjoyment to the inhabitants that has been or will be severely diminished. This is a beautiful law that she's bringing about, ecocide law, and the law puts people and planet first before profit. Wow, what a concept. We actually know that profit is what's been raping and pillaging this planet. And so having a law in place that says, you can't do that anymore. Um, you have to look to alternative energies. You have to look to alternative ways uh, of producing things and no more damaging this planet. Because folks, as much as you watch all those wonderful disaster movies, and we all leave this planet and go off to destroy another planet, it's not happening. This is your one earth. You need to step up and be a part of its survival because it's your survival. And uh, Polly has um, been dedicated a number of years to this and she's really heart driven on saving this planet, but inviting you the participant of this planet to come and join in and do your part because it's not that difficult. Um, it's just a few changes of practices it's being aware it's signing things and it's standing up for this beautiful earth so let's get behind Polly let's understand how we can be a part of it what is being done to protect us because this is about protecting us the planet and us the species on it okay and so when we all become a participant of that we actually really do resolve things so Polly wonderful to have you back here my love well, absolutely fantastic to be with you again, Sarah. Really lovely. Thank you for inviting me back. It's been a while because you're a hard woman to get hold of nowadays because I know that you are deeply immense, uh, immersed in this. And, and that so much is happening since we last did our show three years ago. Yeah. And uh, you know, I talk about you and what you're doing a great deal because of the movement, you know, because of the education and because mm -hmm. you've dedicated yourself to making this just a law. A law. Mm -hmm. Ecocide is a law against harming the planet and the people on it. Mm -hmm. And you've got quite a number of countries that have signed up to that. But let's first really understand what this law is. What does it mean for us? Well, I think the, the core aspect that is often um, misunderstood is that this is a criminal law. And often even lawyers don't really recognize the difference between civil law and criminal law. So I'll, I'll give you an example of that. For instance, I, Sea Shepherd is a, an organization out there that I had a conversation with earlier today. Sea Shepherd have been campaigning and taking direct action for a number of years now 
against the killing of minke whales in the Japanese seas, high seas, and, and actually on other seas as well. And despite the fact that they have um, a judgment from the International Court of Justice declaring that what the Japanese are doing is illegal, despite the fact that the federal government in Australia has given a legal judgment declaring it as unlawful, nevertheless, it continues. And in fact, they themselves have had to stop their campaigning going into the seas and trying to stop their the, the fishermen that are sent out to do it because it's government sanctioned. The Japanese government sanctions the killings of the whales for whale meat and for Japanese uh, industry. Now, the biggest problem they have there is that it's not recognized as a crime internationally. Mm. Getting a judgment from the International Court of Justice is just a legal opinion. And it's a legal opinion that can make a declaration but if that country is sanctioning that industrial activity, they're not going to be inclined to follow any legal opinion condemning, condemning it. Likewise, receiving an opinion from a civil court in another country, it can be ignored. But when it becomes an international crime, what it does is it actually gives power to the judiciary. It means that the whole justice system can kick into gear. So international arrest warrants can be issued to prosecute whoever is the directing mind of that company that's going in, sending the boats out there to, to kill the, the whales. In fact, an, an international arrest warrant can be put out against the minister who's signing off on the permits to allow companies to do that. Now, I'm just giving you one example here of how an international crime of ecocide will give the enforcement, the, the criminal legal enforcement that's lacking at the moment for such a campaign to stop the killing of those whales. It can be used in a multitude of many different ways. With ecocide being a crime, it means that we can do the same to stop the destruction of the Amazon, for instance. Mm -hmm. We can stop um, the, the raising of huge forests, um, burning them to the ground for palm oil production. Mm, yeah. we, can, we can deal with a multitude of different ecocides and different levels of dangerous industrial activity. But also, most importantly, we can use it to prohibit and prevent and also preempt dangerous industrial activity that exacerbates climate change. All right. That's critical when we're looking at fossil fuel extraction, which is one of the, the largest carbon majors we have out there that's exacerbating climate change today. It's kind of uh, uh, the UN for eco, uh, ecology, you know? Um, it is. It's, 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 it's an international crime which actually mm. it operates through one of the UN organs, which is the International Criminal Court. That's correct. Now, how is this enforced? Because as you said, the law is there, I don't yeah. care about that, my country's still going to do this. So how is a law enforced without it being perceived as an act of war? Because you know, we hear this all the time. If you're forcing a country to do something against its will, then it's an act of war. But so, um, do they recognize that it's an international law? Uh, and what are, uh, is it fines? Is, what, what's the reputation on it? Yeah. So the starting point is when you create an international criminal law, then it becomes legally binding on all the signatory states to the International Criminal Court. 
At the moment, there are 124 countries in the world that are signatory states to the International Criminal Court. So automatically, they'll transpose it into their own national legislation. And under what's known as universal jurisdiction, I then if someone from another country who's committing ecocide under the auspices of their government or a corporation, then an international arrest warrant can be issued and they can be arrested and indeed tried in a country that upholds that international crime. Now, that's very useful when you get a country such as your own, mm-hmm. and the United States, who are not signatories to the International Criminal Court. The US does not recognize the authority of the International Criminal Court. However, what it does do is it marginalizes activities. So US transnational corporations who are operating internationally and are committing ecocide are suddenly restricted in where they can continue to do that without being prosecuted and it limits them to basically the countries that are not signatories Mm. i otherwise they'll be picked up on international arrest warrants and tried elsewhere or in the countries where they do cause the ecocytes so what happens is you have major players suddenly becoming minor players because we in essence change the international rules of the game of commerce, of engagement, politically, of how we govern our earth. And that's very important because we're dealing with the most serious crimes of concern for humanity as a whole. You know, we already have genocide, we already have war crimes. Crimes of aggression was just signed off in December in the United Nations. I was there uh, when that took place. And uh, crimes against humanity is the fourth one. So we're seeing there's a a missing fifth one that must attend to the most pressing concern of the 21st century. In the 20th century, it was genocide. In the 21st century, it's ecocide. Yes. <clears throat> I mean, saving the people is, uh, you know, wonderful. But if we have no planet for them, you know, yeah. what are we going to do about that? And, uh, um, you know, we've, we've been very kind of opulent uh, thinking of, um, yeah. you know, there's more, there's more, there's more. I can have more. And yeah. we've become a very wasteful society. Um, a young lady I'm going to be introducing you to, Rene Schlosser, I can't pronounce her surname, but she did a, a wonderful documentary called Normal is Over, um, where it's just finding out what really is causing the ecological problem. And of course, yeah. it, is, it is our consumerism. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you look at the last 30 years, it's, everything has been about buy more, buy more. You're not happy unless you have more. Mm-hmm. And you forget about preparing a meal from vegetables grown in your garden pop to the supermarket and buy these gmos and you know we're seeing that laziness or that um it's quick and easy uh, and then waste 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 there was a video the other day of um a, a whale that kept beaching itself and eventually you know it died and when they cut it open the amount of plastic they found in there was just heart you know mm. heart-wrenching and we're killing our sea life with with plastic we really do have to wake up to the fact that although there are countries that are completely ignoring things and therefore this is the reason why this law needs to be into place, mm-hmm. but it also does come down onto us as individuals on our daily lives, our daily practices of what we use, how we use it, how we dispose of it, uh, and to be really more conscious of it, isn't it? Because we can look to government and go, it's their fault, they're doing this, but they're just... It's all e-commerce to them. 
right? It's all about keeping the money going. If you stop purchasing, then the money is going to have to be put into other things and it could be put into things that actually can generate more friendly fuel, etc. Yes, and that does certainly get us so far. Mm -hmm. um, however, if we don't hold our governments to account mm -hmm. for their failure to stop harmful practices such as uh, prohibit fossil fuel extraction, which of course will then mean that the plastics industry will stop overnight because yeah. it's a byproduct of the mm. fossil fuel extractive industries, then it's going to be a long time in coming. Yeah. So this is about fast tracking it. Uh, and for all of those who are already out there as essentially conscientious protectors, if you like, um, making sure that, you know, I mean, I know this myself. I, I, in fact, today I was in a supermarket, which was possibly the first time in about, well, maybe the second time in the last seven years. And how I was finding myself cringing at the counter that here I was buying admittedly organic, but it was covered in plastic. Yeah. I, and having to do this because actually my local health food store didn't have them loose and we actually we, we needed certain things. And I wouldn't normally do that. And I found myself at the checkout thinking, what do I do? I actually feel really deeply uncomfortable about having to be complicit in a system that is causing harm. Yes. You know? this, is, this is plastic, which, yes, has automatically gone into my recycle bin. I don't want to be adding extra yes. plastic to my recycle bin. And, you know, this is why I have huge admiration for, we call them conscientious protectors. Mm -hmm. Those who actually stand up on the front line yep. to stop the serious harm, the ecocides. You know, those who are standing up against the pipeline, for instance. Yes. Um, here in the UK, it's the activists standing up who are, you know, they're in their protection camps, protecting their communities against fracking. Yes. And, and the amazing thing is we, we have a government in place that's criminalizing the protectors, the conscientious. Well, you had that, you had the, the pipeline here. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in Canada and I know fracking is a huge problem here in Canada. And of yeah. course, we're, we're, there's the whole pipeline thing going on at the present moment with Morgan, um, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but in America with the, uh, watching the whole pipeline thing going on there, uh, the, you know, the, literally one girl lost her arm you know, grenades and water things, etc. And it's like treating these people as if they're the ones committing the, the genocide. And they're just standing up for their planet. They're standing up for, for what is right. But America has gone backwards quite considerably in this last couple of years. And uh, I don't know. It's going to take something rather radical, I think, to, you know, uh, for it to change. I'm kind of hoping whether they've signed on or not, that their practice will be deemed criminal and that, you know, your law will actually have power to go in there and change things uh, because it's not going to come naturally under the particular regime that it is in now. And I know here in Canada, it's the fracking is the problem. Forgive me. Sorry. That's okay. Um, and in... You're right, we have to hold the governments accountable. And there's been so much complacency with the governments, just like, I'm in power, I can do what I want. You know, arrest those people, um, you know, make sure the cameras aren't on them, treat them as the criminals. Yeah. And uh, we have to hold the, them accountable. You're going for the top. 
we at the so-called at the bottom of this pyramid here with our practices and how we buy you know how we eat our food everything else we can be a part of that most certainly but you're going right for the jugular and if we really want to make an impact we do have to do that well what's very interesting is that if we look back in history uh, we've done it before and we can do it again mm -hmm. So it came from individuals out in the front line refusing, uh, back in the 20th century, refusing to go fight in, in war. They were conscientious objectors. They said, no, we're not going to do that. We don't agree with this. We think this is all wrong. It's causing serious harm to humanity. Mm -hmm. it, we refuse to be complicit in this. And yeah. many of them, in fact, were imprisoned and some were even shot mm -hmm. for standing up for peace. Yes, yes. But by the end of World War II, uh, after World War II, in fact, it, it went from being a crime to stand up as a conscientious objector to it becoming a, a, a right, a, mm. a human right to stand as a conscientious objector. And that's enshrined in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, your, your right to freedom of conscience. Mm -hmm. And what we're saying is that in the 21st century, we've got a very similar situation. Instead of being conscientious objectors, what's happening for the activists is actually they're standing up as conscientious protectors. Yeah. They're standing up to protect. And they are being criminalized, they're being charged, they're being taken to court nowadays for standing up and speaking the truth on, on the harm, the serious harm that's happening, because it's not a crime to cause that harm to, to the, the earth. And it's only a matter of time before that flips. Yeah. And instead of the conscientious protector being the criminal, it will be the state actors and it will be the corporate actors who are recognized to be the criminals in these, this activity. So this is, this is a very powerful leverage that we're using. And in fact, we have a campaign now called Mission Life Force, because after all, this is about yeah. protecting the lives of not just human, but non-human uh, inhabitants of our Earth and the Earth itself. And we're encouraging those who sign up to become Earth Protectors as part of the Earth Protectors Trust Fund to fund the putting in place of ecocide as an international crime. We're kind of, it's like, a, it's like crowdfunding for an international crime. Right. Right. But, but we're also we're inviting those who are on the front line to use this document as evidence mm -hmm. of being a conscientious protector. Here I am, you know, here, here, here's my document that says I've actually legally signed up as a trustee of the Earth Protectors Trust Fund. So therefore, my intent is, is one of peace. I'm coming here to stop the harm that's happening and to use this in court. And indeed, we have a number of court cases that are coming up this summer here in the UK of activists who have been charged, they're being prosecuted uh, for preventing their harm. It's fracking in this case. And uh, this is going to be heard for legal argument in our Crown Courts uh, in two of the cases in uh, July time. So this is very exciting for us to see whether or not the judiciary itself is more expansive in its thinking to say, you know what, this legal argument, just as it applied to conscientious objectors, also applies today for conscientious protectors. And indeed, that there's missing criminal law here, just as there, there was back then with the conscientious objectors who were saying this is potentially unlawful. We, we don't agree with the harm that's happening. And indeed, international criminal law was put in place 
to see whether or not it was lawful to go to war or unlawful to make genocide an international yes. crime and so likewise for us with ecocide becoming an international crime so this is very exciting for us because essentially what we're doing is we're bringing uh, an ethical argument forward into criminal courts because criminal courts are all about justice and arguing the truth of the position of those who are standing as conscientious protectors using existing law but saying now put it in a 21st century context and to give it context examine what that serious harm is so that the judiciary itself can actually give comment to see whether or not there's missing crime there to stop it from happening and that's very exciting this is emergent space if you like as to where yeah. law is probably going to move towards it's the entire shift isn't it you know bringing yeah. out an entire platform a, a totally different view on things and i'm just thinking of you know um the person protecting their homestead you know yeah. a, 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 you know they have the right to have a gun and shoot somebody on their property if they're prop if they're coming on their property to to, to cause harm you know uh and that, especially in America, that seems to be the right. Um, yeah. But if you've got somebody else standing, <laughs> what did you come for? Oh, the post. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's for other people. And uh, Rennie Davis's person I've um, interviewed a lot. Uh, he is an activist, has been for a long time, a lawyer as well, yeah. and, you know, fighting for the rights of humanity and, and planet. And um, uh, another one I know that you, you would love to connect with. Um, and you know he says that we have to step up in our activism and be yeah. prepared to uh to pay that price if it means you know having to go to to the law um uh, but that that you know the practicality of what you're standing for in a lot of ways cannot be disputed yeah. because you know you're talking about the genocide we know that's wrong well if we're standing up to protect our homestead the planet mm right and the right of this land that feeds us and the people on it how can that be a crime well it's very easy because the criminal laws that are in place are whether or not you're obstructing for instance um business remember law is stacked in favor of of business now. yes it's not stacked in favor of the activist at all. And so this is the missing crime, if you like. You know, taking ecocide into the International Criminal Court to recognize this as an international crime to stand alongside genocide then gives the, the legal leverage and protection to those who are actually essentially whistleblowing, if you like. Yes. On behalf of the earth. So it, it, the biggest problem we have today is that most activists have no backbone of legal support behind them when right. they stand up and speak out and indeed take action to try and prevent uh, and stop that which is dangerous, uh, the dangerous industrial activity. If you will, what we have is state-sanctioned industrial immunity from prosecution. So the laws that are in place, and this is, this is really the case since the mid-20th century, law has on the whole been put in place as a result of those who have the money, which tends to be mm. big transnational corporations yes. at an international level. And, and indeed, you know, that's what's pushing it today. You have TTIP and other things attempting to be pushed through at an international level. That gives zero protection whatsoever for civil society at large and certainly zero protection for the earth and indeed we have governments such as our own 
getting rid of laws that are hindering industrial pro uh, process, in particular if it's industrial activity that just so happens to be very harmful, such as fracking. So this is about actually taking into the International Criminal Court the, the crime that's missing. And there's a very simple route there to do this. Often people have this mistaken idea that it takes years and years and years to put in place a law and therefore will take even longer if it's not at a national level, that it would be longer at an international level. That's not actually the case with international criminal law. Serious crime is often put in place at times of emergency. I mean, that's when genocide was put in place, mm -hmm. war crimes, crimes against humanity. And when that happens, it happens very fast. And indeed, crimes of aggression took just two years I, before it was actually tabled I, it, at the critical point of having it presented and then tabled and agreed. And, and indeed, it's just been signed off in December. Uh, with, with enough of a majority that it will go through now. So it's, it's a very similar thing here. We have a fast-track legal route. We know how we can do this. It's just simply an amendment to an international document. All it requires is for a member state or a group of heads of state to take this forward. However, here's the thing. Those states that are most in need of a law of ecocide are those who are on the front line of climate change. Yeah, because there was a direct correlation between dangerous industrial activity, uh, such as the activities of ExxonMobil, Shell, who are yeah. now being forced in civil courts to dem to show their evidence to show that they actually they knew even back in the eighties and the seventies that what they were doing was aggravating climate change. And so it's, it's those small island states that have nothing to do with those industries that are most adversely impacted. They're on the front line and they're the ones that most require this law. And here's the problem, the huge hurdle they have to overcome. They don't even get a seat at the table because they don't have the money to take this yeah. forward. It costs money to take delegates to The Hague, to the International Criminal Court. It costs money to get them over to New York, to be there to vote with their delegates, with their lawyers, with their attorney generals, and so on and so forth. And here's the thing, that's what we can help with. That's right. what civil society can do. So it's bringing together two entities, those who can, the small island developing states, they can take this forward, and those who care, and that's yes. the Earth Protectors, all of us who care can sign up to the Earth Protectors Trust Fund, become Earth Protectors in law, which gives added protection for those who are on their own front line, and help fund the law that we want to have put in place, taken into the International Criminal Court. And that's very exciting. That's what we're doing with the Mission Life Force campaign. Our mission, if you like, is literally to help protect and defend the lives of humanity and the Earth right. and future generations. It's a, it's a David and Goliath, isn't it? You know, is you know, yeah. um, corporations and governments. You know, governments are going to protect the corporations yeah. uh, because they keep them in power, uh, yeah. and everything is all about you know the backroom deals. Which uh, go to the first show, folks. We talk about the backroom deal because um, this uh, ecocide was something thought of back in the seventies and was a backroom deal to close it off. So, uh, and everything you've done since uh, since you've taken up the. Uh, the manager here is to make sure that everything is out in the open so yeah. there can't be any backroom deals yeah. but I think what we're looking at if you if you just look at the whole change of the world right now politically is that we know as things have been going 
um, and really quite honestly the gong show in the states has kind of really brought this up to the you know to to the full view is change has to happen politically um, the corruption in governments around the world is just saturated and we the people of the planet will not take it anymore no matter whose government is we want you know full exposure we want you because they've got to remember they're a civil servant they're yeah. here working for the people and yeah. their country yet it seems to be they get into power and they forget all about the people <laughs> you know it's about maintaining that power yeah. and it's time for the people to take that power back well what you've done is just given them an empowerment of how they can be a part of that it's not just a question come and fund us is by signing yeah you've absolutely. become part of that platform part yeah. of that movement you know yeah and that actually acts as a safeguard for these small island development states because as they take this forward there will be pushback mm -hmm. from big um transnational corporations but also from major states major yeah. carbon major states those who depend or or just perceive that their economy must still remain a, a carbon economy and the fossil fuel economy and so the safeguard is also in it being very visible that hundreds of thousands if not millions of people across the world are funding this to take it forward and it creates a resilience for those yeah. small island developing states to take it forward you know if you're a tiny sinking nation in the middle of the pacific and you're getting pressure from trump say to say mm -hmm. we're going to withdraw what finance we give you from yes. the american government if you continue with this law because this is going to save your lives we're going to withdraw our twenty thousand dollars we give you per annum well we can take that out into our network we can take that out into public domain and say look you know we're not going to let this happen we're going to make a lot of noise about it. We're going to make sure that it gets into the press. But also, actually, that country won't buckle because it knows it's got the financial support and wherewithal to continue taking yes. forward this law. It's not actually going to need to come out of their own GDP, which is already under extreme yeah. stress as a result of the latest cyclone or rising sea level tsunami, whatever disaster, climate disaster has hit them and is hitting them with, them with increasing regularity. I, and this is absolutely vital, you know, all their GDPs is being used to shore up emergency yeah. as a result of climate change. So we can at least be the ones that help finance their flights, their accommodation, their food, their overheads to just get to the meetings so that they can sit there, be fully resourced and be in the meetings where they need to be. Right. To be, be present. Yeah. yeah. You're helping them fight the bully. I mean, a bully will, uh, has the empowerment when nobody else will stand you know, up to the bully. Um, and so what you're doing is, you know, you're saying, you're not alone. We're here and right absolutely. with you. And, yeah, and we stand with you. We yes. stand behind you. We yeah. stand with you. Yeah. 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 And, you know, we know that we, we've tried this whole individualism. You know, it's me, myself and I, the very narcissistic uh, view of life. And we've seen that it doesn't work. It doesn't work for society. It doesn't work for us individually because yeah. we really are community-based. We love to be a part of a tribe, part of a village, part of a community. We want to know that we've contributed to that and there's the harmony of our village and that everybody in it has a role to play and that the village has got your back. And yeah. I think we're going back to that mentality where we, you know, I stand with you, I stand for you, I stand yeah. beside you. Yeah. And it's, we can't sit back and just, well, as long as I'm all right, Jack. You know, I don't care about anyone else because it's going to affect you anyway, whether you acknowledge it or not. Um, and we have to step up. And you've made it so easy because 
here's that piece of paper saying, you know, I am committed to this. Yes. This is also my protection. It's my voice. Yes. And my contribution is now going to support those underdogs that are just being trodden on left, right, and center. As you said, not only by the, um, the ecological things that are happening to them, um, mm. the resources just to keep the head above water, but yeah. fighting the giant. Mm. And if, if it were really in an era right now where those giant's legs are being cut off and the people are rising up and saying, no more, we're going to stand together. And mm. this is the only way that you're really going to get the shift that you really need and to force the issue with government, with, uh, with international law, is when the people stand up as a chorus and say we're with this movement and we're not going anywhere exactly no this is absolutely right and also it gives strength to something more it gives strength to the morality and mm -hmm. that's being put forward here remember this the bedrock of international criminal law is morality yeah it, it's about justice. It's about justice for humanity. And we're saying, okay, we need, now this is about expanding our, our, yeah. our responsibilities, our duties, our responsibilities. Criminal law is always about safeguarding our duties and responsibilities. And that's very important. It gives the enforcement. So yes, you have the right to life, but actually the person who's holding the gun to your head has a right and responsibility not to kill you. Right. Not to your life. And that's what criminal law safeguards, the rights and the responsibilities that we have to uphold. So the bedrock, if you like, of international criminal law is morality and conscience. And you'll see that this is absent elsewhere in international yes. law. When you're looking at something like TTIP, for instance, secret backdoor deals between governments and corporations to facilitate the advancement of dangerous developments uh, without any regard whatsoever to the adverse consequences of it. So it has to be that the right avenue to address what's happening in the world today is within the remit of the International Criminal Court. And partly also because it's not happening elsewhere. Yeah. You know, you look to the International Court of Justice, well, it has no teeth. You get an advisory opinion, but because that government's uh, corrupt, it's going to choose to ignore it. Uh, you get a judgment from a civil court over there. Well, that corporation, it's, it's, at worst, it has to pay up a fine. But the International Criminal Court is accountability that's happening yes. to the directing mind. And that means the individuals who are in positions of power. It's actually known as the superior responsibility principle. You know, the directors, the CEOs, the ministers, those who are making the decisions yeah. that are leading to causing, directly causing the ecocide to happen. Or even those ministers, say, who are turning a blind fly, the willful recklessness, if you will, of refusing to stop it in the knowledge that that will cause harm. That's about accountability at the very top end. And that's very important because it actually attaches itself to individuals. Yes. Not to the fictional corporation, which is just a piece of paper where all you can do is levy a fine. This is actually about saying you can be taken to a criminal court of law and you can be locked up for this and your company can be closed down. Right. And that, that's vital because that's what actually safeguards and protects and it provides a defense I, a, a proper defense to all those who are standing up and speaking out on behalf of the earth to be able to turn around and say, well, we're doing that because that's actually a crime over there. 
you're in a completely different ballpark. Right. You then have the judiciary with you. You then have the policing mm. of, of the state with you. You then have the government with mm -hmm. you. Those who aren't, they're the criminals. Right. No. The consequences, right? I mean, Absolutely. you know, if it, we, we've lived far too long where there aren't any consequences, there aren't any accountability. Yeah. Um, I interviewed a wonderful young reporter from India on some wonderful innovations that he discovered that you know, are out of necessity. I, I learned so much about India from him and yeah. how corrupt it is. And he said, there's so much that needs to be done and there is money raised to do it, but it never gets there. Because, it, you know, going through the greasy hands, yeah. you know, the yeah. sticky hands. And it's, uh, we do, if you are going after that individual, that particular yeah. politician, that particular CEO, and yeah. you're hitting them, you know, in, in their, quote, pocket, um, it's so much harder to go for a corporation because then the lawyers come in and you never get anywhere. Going yeah. for those individuals, you're taking the skittles down one yes. by one but, but do they that, really want to go to jail for for their company right oh i've got to go to jail for the rest of my life for this it's the company <laughs> but also remember this you know shareholders will lose mm -hmm. confidence in a company that's committing a criminal act yes and so it's, it's do they want to be a part of it do they want to be seen as a part of it right They're under criminal investigation do you really want to be a part of that I mean, it's very interesting when criminal law is put in place, and in particular this does apply to international criminal law, but also when you have an international crime in place, then it's transposed into national legislation. But even at a national level, I mean, Enron was particularly interesting, fraud, the criminalization of yeah. fraud, you know, Enron collapsed. Yes. Recognize that it was criminal activity. Right. I, this is very important. It's very different from, um, you know, taking a piece of civil litigation against a corporation for a breach of um, pollution regulations. Well, you know, that's just a fine. It's catch me mm. if you can legislation. Yeah. It can continue. It's, it's not going to bring the company down. No. But criminal law can. And that's very powerful. But I think I think there's something that's really powerful here is uh, so many times you hear people say, well, what can I do? You know, I'm just a one person. Or I'm just a small flea in, you know, in this bag. What can I do? Well, by signing this document, by being become part of the movement, yeah. you've yeah. just empowered yourself to be yeah. something, to have a voice, to be a part of it. What yeah. can I do? This is what you can do. Yes. Because the more people that are signing it, the more... Um, I don't want to call them soldiers because, I, you know, we, no, we're not in for a fight. You yeah. know, you can't wage war on peace. You know, yeah. we're peace advocates and, and we're just not, not going to take this anymore. Yeah. And the more of us there in that harmony, we're going to drown you out by song. <laughs> there's, there's actually there's a phrase in law that we use um, to draw the red line. And you mm. draw the red line, mm. you use the red pen when you're amending legislation to take out the sections that no longer apply. And so this is what we're doing with, with Ecoside Law. We're drawing the line, the red line, yes. and that is no longer acceptable. Yeah. Can't go there, can't go there. So, you know, change what you're doing, go to the innovation in the other direction, you'll get all the help and assistance you require. So dirty energy, you have to now, by law, become clean energy. And if you don't, then you will be held to account in a criminal court of law for that. And so ultimately it gives a choice, but it gives a choice that is enabled and empowered to be non-harmful. Yes. And of course, with every law, you give a transition period. You know, for instance, uh, European directives here in Europe, we have anything between six months and two years to transpose that 
directive into existing law and anything that runs contrary to it, the red line, the red pen comes out and it's drawn through it. And it's the same thing here. You give a transition period for ecocide crime. You say, okay, this will now be put in place within say five years. You have five years to completely withdraw all activities out of those arenas, those, those areas that are dangerous and therefore shall be criminal under ecocide uh, crime. And what you find is actually the shift happens dramatically fast because all investors will pull out very, very quickly. Why would you invest in something that's going to be a crime within so many years? Right. You do, you, well do, you find, do you find actually that if, if, if a company has complied and said, yes, okay, I accept this, we are going to change our practices, that yeah. then the investors are going to go, okay, I, I'm willing to give you more money to change and get that support. Have well, you come across that or is there still resistance? I haven't actually ever analysed um, whether or not more money flows from it. But what is very interesting, if we look at the abolition of slavery, the abolition of slavery came because it was criminalised. And many of the companies that, I mean, remember, economies ran on slavery. Yes. yes. Everything ran on slavery. And it was believed that you could never get rid of slavery. It's a necessity. The public demanded it. Mm -hmm. It will lead to economic collapse. Well, none of those three reasons actually mm -hmm. were found to be true. But what was very interesting was with the abolition of slavery, many of the companies just reinvented themselves yeah. in the other direction. And indeed, companies have a natural desire to not only survive, but thrive. Yeah. So when the writing's on the wall, that's what you do, because that's where you'll get the money. That's where you get the investment and you can turn that around. So I mean, in, in the UK, there were a number of companies that actually amazingly completely changed what they were doing. Rathbone's bank. I mean, they used to build the, the slave boats and then they became ethical bankers instead. Right. <laughs> Amazingly. But even some companies actually became the policers of the oceans mm -hmm. and went out to chase because they had their, their ships. I, you know, others, they started trading in tea in China instead. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it all depends Possible. on. The it's all a question of, it's, it's the willingness, isn't it? You know, it, well, it, it is not so much the willingness, it's the necessity. Because yes. Once it becomes a crime, you're going to go to prison for it. Right, exactly. You have a choice. Yeah. Um, you held to account in a criminal court of law and therefore no longer be able to sell you, seal your boat. Right. Right. Um, for a time with, you know, on, on the high seas or, or, or actually get your act together and uh, do the right thing by society, humanity, the earth, and future generations. And companies who recognize that this is solution driven. I, rather than punishment driven, I will see the entrepreneurial opportunity to really drive forward the innovation in the other direction because it will create jobs. Yes. That's you know, I mean, we've got a number of the interviews that I've done and a lot of awareness that's opened up for me is here is that how many people, if I'm waiting for my government to change, you know, I'll be dead and buried. Um, I'm going to get out there and create the change and the amount of innovations and yeah. technologies and systems that have been provided. And they say they're not waiting for government to catch up. You know, they, they've either been privately funded, publicly funded, but they've gone out there. And, and there was a whole thing about, you know, when Trump got in and wanting to kind of delete anything alternative and go back to, you know, uh, to fossil fuel and coal. Um, 
there was a couple of people being interviewed and they're saying, look, we've been doing this for 30 years. We've already closed nine coal mines. Um, and what we've done is we've taken every single one of those people and re-educated them into a new job, into a yeah. new paradigm. And most of the time for people, it's the fear, what happens to my job? Well, yeah. if there is an opportunity for you to grow and be taught into something else that is probably more sustainable, better on your health, and most yeah. certainly better on the planetary health. So a lot of this has to come around of that, uh, fear f people drive that fear but but what you know slavery gone what happens to my you know my feels who's going to do them now um and but it, there's always an option invented the washing machine yes <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. innovation you know yeah but, but that's the thing is that innovation i mean it's it's there yeah. is no limit to it and when you set people three and um, out of necessity we need and that's when these wonderful things come about yeah. and we see so much progress and yeah. especially if you put the parameters it has to be eco-friendly it can't harm the planet it can't harm another human already that you know that's the restraints that you've got and i've seen some incredible innovations coming up out of that this it's time for us to there. put more light on that isn't it well, this is it. I mean, you know, solutions are already there. They're already yes. happening in a yes. micro level. All Ecoside Law will do, in essence, is Support it. financially yeah. uh, accelerate that yeah. to a macro level it, almost overnight. Uh, there'll be a major scaling up uh, because it will become mandatory. Right. Voluntary. And that's very important because the flow of finance will suddenly shift into that innovation the other direction yeah. in a very big way and because it's mandatory through law that creates enormous change like nothing mm -hmm. on earth I mean, with the abolition of slavery it was it was proposed that there be a seven-year transition period and of course slaves revolted You're right the, so seven years you've got to be kidding i'm not going to do exactly, this anymore <laughs> exactly exactly and the transition period when all said and done uh, certainly at the UK end, it was 18 months. Uh -huh. And, you know, nobody went out of business. Right. They, you know, uh, it, these companies were all reinvented their wheels. Uh, in fact, they were given financial assistance. Very sadly, there wasn't any financial assistance given to the slaves who no. suffered the trauma. Right. Who were still alive. But it was given to those companies and they, they reinvented their own wheels and the innovation in the other direction. And indeed, our economy thrived on it. So it's, it's a fallacy to think that we can't do it. It is yeah. actually doable. And we have done it a number of times in history. And, you know, we can do it again. Yeah, I mean, those innovations are out there. If you're a company that has to change, you're mm -hmm. not reinventing the wheel. Just pay attention to what's already out there. And then, you know, change the money support into adapting and adopting that technology that's already there. Um, you know, take off the blinkers you know and uh, understand it's already happening and if you integrate it into your system you know that transition is going to be so much faster of course of course absolutely so yes this is about um really radical change in a very mm. fast way it is the legal fast track we can move very fast with it all it requires is is some good financing we believe we can do this through civil society to a, a, a large uh, 
amount. Um, we think all that's required up front for us to really roll this out as a global campaign is one tenth of what we will raise through civil society. So that's great. We're just looking for funding at the moment to help get it onto a global platform. We know we need cyber security, for instance. Yes. Uh, for our online platforms. We want to get it translated into various languages. We, we just want to scale up our operation. Yeah. At the moment, the campaign we have, it's there. It's at missionlifeforce.org. It's, you know, please do sign up and share in a very big way. We just want to get this out there in a very big way. And we know we can do it and we know how to do it, which is really exciting. It's kind of, in a way, you're, you're, you're Netflixing. If everybody contributes, yeah. you know, so yeah. much, you know, and you've got so many people that contribute, you know, you're not, yeah. for those that have got the big money, yes, but for the, you know, those that don't, yeah. you're going to pay nine bucks yeah. a month or 10 bucks a month on Netflix. So yeah. 10 bucks a month in supporting yeah. this is yeah. a couple of coffees for most people. Yeah, and, exactly. uh, and if you've got so many people doing it, there exactly. is your funding, right? Exactly. So it's um, a lot of oh it's going to take so much money invite many people less money more more abundance you know? but also, you know, it is that thing of every penny every cent counts and yeah. we kept the entry level as low as possible five five dollars five euros uh, and we've also we've taken away any age determinant right up and become in law an earth protector to as a trustee to the earth protectors trust fund and what we found is that we've actually met people who have said i've signed up my new baby ah lovely oh that's, that's neat if you forget this sarah it's lovely I, that they've created an email for them an email address <laughs> and the first the first email is their signed up documents to be an earth protector isn't wow. that beautiful so that, when that child grows up they yeah. can then once they can read they can go in and they can find yeah. their very first email yeah with one saying i am in law a protector of this earth isn't that wonderful but it's also kind of setting that precedence for that child you know yeah. you're born you, you you were given this role as protector you know at birth and it's yeah. because um Yes, it's, we as adults, you know, uh, are meant to be the protectors you know, of our children of that planet. Yeah. But we also know the way children are today. They are yeah. so much wiser. They're so much faster in adjustment uh, that, you know, if we could get out of their way and yeah. support them, they're going to bring about those change radically, yeah. way, way faster. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's like... Um, we are their guardians, their custodians, but at the same time, let them be our teachers. Um, mm -hmm. And because they really are yeah. amazingly innovative, but it's also, it's not just the creative juices. It's also, I find, because I've interviewed somebody as young as nine had written a first book, you know, and I was expecting yeah. to kind of, to maybe have to change the way I did it. And I was just, she was just so rational, logical, you know, yeah. simplifying it. We as adults want to overcomplement. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what I love of what you're doing is you've taken all that complicated stuff. You've gone and done it back room, right? You're all that, <laughs> the red lines, everything else. And what you've presented to the public is a few bucks, sign, be a part of the world uh, savior. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's, let's not make it complicated folks. Yeah. And if you want to be immersed or, or do any more, the most certainly you can. Yeah. But if this, if yeah. you say, what can I do? This is a wonderful first step. Well, this is it, you know, join our mission and help yep. protect our beautiful earth. Yeah, you yeah. live here. 
you know it's so you know you want it to be around not only for the rest of your life but for your children etc etc so you know it's time that we do need to participate in it and and make sure that we are a part of it um so this law how many countries have signed up how many people have you got on board um, well, the sign-up only happens when it is actually presented into the International Criminal Court. So at the moment, what we're doing is we're working with a number of small island developing states who will take that and present it. With the funds that we raise this year, we will be taking in delegates into the International Criminal Court at, at the end of the year in December, which is every year the annual Assembly of State Parties is held then. And we will be making present presentations there just as we did last year. We'll do it bigger, more resource this year with more people signing up that will allow us to bring more delegates so that they can be really heard. And then it will be a decision on their part as to when they finally announce. And that will partly be informed by us now being in a safe enough space where we have enough trustees on board, where we have the finance in place. Uh, to take it forward and announce that then from those countries they are tabling it when that happens that triggers a whole process Uh, then there has to be a review conference Uh, each country that's a signatory to their own statute they're given notification of a minimum three months that that's happening it's very short Mm -hmm. and then there's a review conference or it's rolled on to the next assembly of state parties and then it's a matter of countries coming on board once the text is agreed to sign it. Right. So it can happen very, very quickly. The steps are not that complicated, actually. And it's indeed, it's been done before crimes of aggression has been put in place. In right. that way. So it's just the snowball, it. right? You know, it's just once things start going, it snowballs. Yeah, and very that, much so. Yeah. And the thing is also, uh, for all the member states, it's just one vote per member state. So it doesn't matter what size you are, mm. uh, which is a very just system. It's based on justice, unlike climate negotiations, where you can bring as many negotiators as you like to the table. So, for instance, both America and the UK, you know, with climate negotiations, there are over 2000 negotiators there uh, representing our countries, whereas some of these small island developing states, they will have one negotiator right. from five states. Yeah. And when you have 34 working group meetings happening all at the same time, yeah. Which meeting do you go to? It's just right. not possible. Just yeah. not possible. So you can see where you get political. I mean, you use the word bullying. Yeah. It is that arm wrestling that yeah. happens where the biggest numbers win. For the International Criminal Court route, different system entirely. Excellent. One vote per member state. And that's very important. So that allows then for justice to, to be ta- undertaken. So long as we can actually finance those countries to have delegates there, to have the assistance, to have their lawyers there, to stand alongside and behind them as they take it forward so that they're fully resourced, then we know that we can do this, which is very exciting. But together... Yes, the word together, that's the whole thing. Uh, you, you must have a few countries in Europe, most certainly, that are right behind you on this. That you know, um, uh, you know, have any of them stepped up and say, Okay, we're there, we're with you. What do you need? How do we expand? Because you can see that there are countries like Norway, you know, most certainly they're, they're already so far ahead, you know, in their ecological thinking and in the way they treat their, their participants, you know, the their people in their country um so the support from from countries like that must already be in place certainly after nine years of legally advising on this there there have been a lot of inroads made into yes certain countries who will in due course we want to be seen to be supporting this which is great 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is the hope for North America? I mean, you know, probably the rest of the world will all be signed up before, <laughs> before America will be, um, especially under the current uh, uh, regime there. But, you know, what, how would, uh, if everybody else has signed up, this becomes a law, etc. you know, then you're actually taking on a different giant because it's, it's international law. It is criminal then, but that will be a whole total different battle, won't it? What what uh, what to remember is that governments change. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, presidents change. Uh, what one president says will never happen. Another one will come in and put in place. Yeah. Uh, we're just preparing the road for your next president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're hoping that soon. <laughs> yeah. And I think one may well be indicted. <laughs> Um, I think what uh, what we're seeing a movement of right now, you know, you've got the Me Too movement, you've got many other movements there, but I think what we've seen, you needed somebody like who knows who in um, in America, just to show the world how corrupt and how wrong we went because it's not just that country now became you know a vision of other countries and leaders that were in place that complacency i'm okay my ivory tower and now you know the accountability you know the the consequences of your actions this law puts that on into it and that i don't care what your position is you're going to be held accountable and it's given the people that empowerment hasn't it to say I'm not just a, a little speck, you know, on the sand, you know, I can stand up, I can have a voice, I can sign something that, that is a legal document that says that I'm here fighting for, for the planet. Um, and it changes everything completely. You've empowered the people. And this is what people need. You know, they need to understand, we need to stand together, we need to step up. And whether you're just stepping up on small steps, or whether you're taking those leaps, and don't forget those first steps, all of a sudden start becoming a jog and then a run and then a marathon, you know, so we have to start somewhere. So this is a perfect time for this to be happening. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, for everyone, there's different ways of of stepping up and uh, giving expression to what it is to, to be an earth protector in our lives. It's not for everyone to be on the front line, but equally there, you know, there's a lot to be done behind the scenes as well. I within communities and, and, and just at an individual and personal level as well. And one of the things that we are very much not doing with uh, inviting people to sign up and become signatories of the Earth Protectors Trust Fund as a trustee, we're not imposing any financial or legal uh, onerous obligations. Mm-hmm. We're inviting, it's a one-off gift of funds into it, but we're also inviting individuals to give expression to what that means yes an expression of love and care for the earth there's not many trust fund documents you'll find or any legal documents many legal documents that have the word love in there love Mm. but we do uh, and it's an expression of intent to engage with this world from a place of non-violence if you will uh, from deep care and deep love for humanity and the earth which is it's important here. really, really important that we step into love because we know we've, um, yeah. we've seen what hate can do. We're really yeah. tired of wars. Yeah. Uh, we're tired of battling. We're yeah. tired of struggling. And uh, also this isolation 
that we, we seem to put ourselves into. And really, we do want to get back to that community, that, that sense of love, that sense of purpose, that sense of camaraderie. And, uh, you know, it, hating takes so much energy, but yeah. love is so energizing, you know. So having something that the saving the planet with love, it's really very, very simple. It's very, very simple. Not rocket science. No, it? no. Well, that's the thing yeah. is that we don't need to have complicated. You're doing all the complicated stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so you're making it easy for us to participate, to stand up, to yeah. be a part of, yeah. you know, that beautiful gift of giving a newborn. We, just to be able to say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm an earth protector, you know, yeah. and to say it and own it, you know, it's, yeah. it's a wonderful gift to give yourself exactly. for your whole family. Yeah. Don't just do it as one lump of the family. Do it yeah. as each individual person in that family. Yeah. And indeed, each individual can then take it or leave it. Yes. How we give expression to our intrinsic values and, and the intrinsic values that as we look to the earth and how we engage and participate on this earth is, is really you know, a personal decision there. Yes. And this is the thing, we, we see this as an invitation to engage as custodians, as, as guardians or trustees of this earth, I, rather than owners. It's yeah. not about ownership. It's, part of our problem in law is, is that property law has uh, taken precedence over trusteeship law. Mm. So in a way, what we're doing here is we're re rebalancing that. Yep. The scales of justice, if you like, are upside down at the moment, where he who has, and often it is a he or an it company, uh, has the rights over given territory because they have the property rights over it right and that gives them absolute freedom it gives them immunity from any form of prosecution for serious harm because we just don't simply have the laws in place however if it was a, a child child care proceedings for instance we don't own our children mm -hmm. we don't have absolute rights over them to to cause serious harm to abuse if anything, we have a, a guardianship role over our children and we have a duty and a responsibility not to cause serious harm, not to cause neglect. The opposite of the harm is the neglect. And so this is just an extension of, of legal principles that we already have with our engagement with from human to human mm -hmm. to then expand that circle of concern from human to non-human. So the same principles apply just as they do to each other as they do to the earth here. Yeah. And once we start understanding that, that we have duties and responsibilities to ensure that our earth is protected just as much as, as our home, our, our, our individuals within our communities are, then law has to play catch up. And that's precisely what Ecoside Law right. is doing. It's realigning the, the, the scales of justice and ensuring that humanity future generations and the earth are protected and he's, that, putting, that, he's putting those corporations on notice too you know is that yeah, you yeah. can voluntarily step up and start changing your ways right now and sure. uh, or yeah. you can wait for the law to come after you but yeah. well, either way you're going to have to change yeah, exactly it's just a matter of time it really yeah. is this is this is progressive law. This is where law is going. This is this is yes. the kind of pioneering edge of where law is, is going to go. And it's inevitable. And and indeed it's actually it's common sense. Yes. 
yes. it's not rocket science. Yeah. Right. And, and I find that uh, a lot of the things with law became so much law in protecting the law that it kind of lost what the what it was there for in the first place. So, you know, when we go back to the to the grassroots protect, to serve and protect, that's what police are meant to do, but they then started becoming the bullies themselves. You know, as custodians of this planet, we need to serve and protect each other. And that is, and protect is against all harm. And uh, because if you're harming the planet, you're harming humanity because we're already seeing species become extinct. And yes. at the rate we're going, we're going to be one of those species. Yes. So it's not just a, you know, a moral thing or a legal thing. It's <laughs> a necessity, folks. Things have to change. Otherwise, yes. it's going to be a different conversation 10 years from now. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is it. And you know what? Together, we are yeah. unstoppable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you have the lead singer, but when you get that chorus behind them, you know, you've now got a harmony that is just one of those catchy songs that everybody wants to join in on. So um, thank you for being the lead singer in this. And I'm, I'm part of the choir here. I really am. I invite everyone else to join. You know, it's, it doesn't matter what your voice is, right? Just come in and be a part of that choir because uh, the more you get your voice out there, because silence up and be proud you've signed yeah. up you signed yeah. up you know yeah. let other people know why you've signed up because it's such a simple thing that you're doing but it has such an enormous impact and this is something you can very proudly say i am an earth protector legally right yeah. so yeah. it's a, so again how do people become the earth protector also if people need to reach out to you yeah. what are what are the ways so it's very simple uh, go to missionlifeforce.org and sign up become a legal protector the legal document is there for you to read and to sign it. it it's as simple as that and then the important bit is share it yes and put this out to others because the power the resilience in it is in the building of the numbers yeah and we've just recently gotten this out we've kind of been going through a beta stage if you will we now know we want to scale this up in a very big way that will require a bit of funding. Uh, we do have a second pot. All the money that goes into Mission Life Force is purely for bringing delegates and their lawyers and representatives into the United Nations, into the International Criminal Court uh, for the key meetings. Mm -hmm. The bedrock behind that, uh, the foundations, is myself, my team here and in the Netherlands. Uh, none of the funding that goes into the Mission Life Force pot goes to us. It's only for taking the ecocide law forward. Of course, we're, we're the team behind the scenes making it all happen. Mm -hmm. um, so there is a second pot, uh, which you can find on the team page. Please gift into that. That would greatly help us. We're very keen to expand that, uh, expand what we're doing, take it up another notch actually a quantum leap we, right. know we, we know how to do it so if you know anyone that's got big pockets who would like to help please put them in touch you can get us through the website very easily we guarantee we'll we'll respond to your email very fast <laughs> <laughs> yes and uh, you know that there are some people with their pockets are so deep and they don't know what to do with it well what a wonderful <laughs> we gift. can help them there <laughs> oh exactly exactly and it's a uh, you know a uh, a, a little shared out goes a hell of a long way. And, but, you know, every now and again, that chunk is, yeah. uh, oh, you know, now we can take that quantum leap and really go and do something with it. And it's, uh, you know, I'm always playing, a, a, I've got a program in the community coming up later. And I was just actually thinking during the show, it should be actually on 
the ecological solution. So getting a sponsor behind that book that then raises money to go into that funding. We'll talk. Um, but you know, that's, that's what it's about. And it's like there are people who with a lot of money who have that conscious that want to put it into something that's going to make a difference. Yeah. All right. So this is making a difference, folks, uh, and, and big difference. And don't you want to see those corporations that have been getting away with it for so long, that have been damaging this planet for so long, be held accountable? Mm. Right. And exactly. it just they may not even ever have to be served. It just could be the sheer fact that this is law that makes them change their ways. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So yeah. we're coming to get you organizations. It's time for you to change. The people have spoken. They're signed. <laughs> They're advocates. They're protectors. Also, remember this, Sarah. There are people in these organizations who would absolutely love to see their companies turn around. Yes. This yes. is a law that will allow that to happen. Yeah. You know? You've it's got to. So let's do it. There's no more putting it off. You know, now you have to do it. Exactly. And so it gives those people the empowerment to force yeah. that change. Yeah. yeah and, and indeed, there are individuals sitting on boards of directors who would love to see that happening yeah. too. So this really does empower those who want to do yeah. greater good for right. humanity. Yeah. For the earth. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's very much an empowerment law, if you will. Yeah. Well, I, I love the fact of how you've made it inclusive. You've made it simple. And, and easy to understand because there's a lot of things out there that, you know, and basically it's a law that says you can't hurt the planet or the people on the planet anymore. Otherwise, you as an individual are held accountable. Exactly. And yeah. it's no longer the fine hiding behind the thing is we're going after the individuals. Exactly. And when you do that, it becomes personal. <laughs> well, it's actually it's how we deal with criminal laws. Exactly. We have a saying, a, an old saying, a Latin saying in law, when malum in se becomes malum prohibita. And what that means is when something is so wrong in and of itself, we prohibit it. Yes. Just as we did with slavery, just as we did with genocide, just as we did with apartheid. And, you know, now here we are in the 21st century. Yeah. The big issue of the day is ecocide. Yes. So we're just, we're just actually progressing law along an inevitable timeline, if you will, of how it has to respond to the issues of the day or the issues yeah. of the century, yeah. if you will. And when, Irish it, when enough is enough, changes have to happen. And it, enough is enough. Uh, yeah. It can't go on anymore, just like slavery couldn't go on yeah. anymore. Uh, yeah. There has to be a change. Yeah. And then it's only by implementing the law and forcing that change yeah. and that you see people go, okay, I have to now. Exactly. Right. I mean, you saw it when you know. I mean, in the UK, when we brought in overnight, uh, it was now I illegal to drive without a seatbelt. Yeah. You know, you know, overnight that was put in place. Yes. And you know, within a matter of weeks, it was just a new normative, and that's, that's... what happens. It shifts normatives overnight. Yes. And yes. instead of it being the normative that companies can and do cause mass damage and destruction or loss of ecosystems through their dangerous industrial activity right. it will become the exception overnight right. yeah because there will be no appetite for it there will be no finance for it there will be no political will right there will be no state sanctioning of yes. industrial immunity because mm -hmm. it will be a crime so you're not going right. to go through it Right. You know, it was the abolition of slavery. Overnight, it suddenly became absolutely untenable to have a black and chains right. walking down the street. 
it's yeah. the same thing it fundamentally shifts how society perceives an issue of the day and this is the beauty of it you don't actually need to persuade big corporations no. to come board, whatever because we're dealing with a justice issue indeed big transnational corporations don't even have a seat at this table mm. only those countries that are taking it forward and right. that are already signatories to the international criminal court can actually sit at that table and that's very important uh, unlike climate negotiations where it's actually financed by big industrial activity that whole negotiation process is financed by it in international criminal law, law is not a negotiation process it's a process of deliberation of presentation you present the law it's amended it's 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 agreed upon and then it's it's just a matter of accrual of signatories and there is no veto right. which is fantastic and so most people really when you look at it you know they may not like the law but they're going to comply with the law because they don't want the consequences of if they don't Absolutely. and you know you've always got your criminal activity and there will always yeah. be that type of thing but yeah. what we've been seeing uh, around the world is criminal activity right up front yeah. uh, in your face and going hey, 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 right and so what you're saying right now mm -mm, not anymore you have a choice to make now do you wish to be the criminal and pay the consequences or are you going to come clean and change your ways <laughs> exactly. literally come clean yeah. yeah i will use that phrase thank you for, <laughs> the well, Sarah, thank you for, for hosting me on your wonderful oh show. it's wonderful to have you back i'm sorry it's so long but yeah everything in good timing everything yeah. when it's right yeah. and yeah. as I, I love the fact that you've made it so simple uh, you know that to, for people to stand up and say proudly I'm an earth protector and uh, it takes so little to, to be a participant in that, exactly. but to also then to be able to turn around to other people and say, look how simple it is and yeah. how easy it is for us to do it. So yeah. if they're saying to you, I don't know what to do, this is the first step. <laughs> it is indeed. Go to missionlifeforest.org. Excellent. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Polly. And uh, down the road, want to have you back again where we can talk about the progress, okay? I'd love that. Thank okay. you so much, Sarah. Thank you. And for everyone else out there, remember, you are the change that we seek. You can participate in this. It's not difficult. And uh, imagine every single one of us, everybody in your family, all of your friends signing up, even if it is only five euro, if that's all you can afford. But look at the impact of the numbers and what you're doing and just see how that grows see how it grows and you could be able to stand tall and proud and say you were a part of it so until next time folks bye for now bye bye for more wonderful shows like this please go to selfdiscoveryradio.com podcasts and see our lineup and if you wish to support us we have a funded button please stay tuned for our next show